Yo, swinging and banging on the ones and twos. Allow me to reintroduce myself to you. I'm Kendra Gavant, your agent of gratitude, living mindset over bullshit because I slide into any situation and I share these stories to help you be better. I leave you with tools to be better. I'm teaching you how to be better, how to accept reality, how to grow a new perspective. On this podcast, I like to interview people who are so interesting, they take my mind away from the fact that I have primary progressive multiple sclerosis. I want to interview people who are so interesting, I forget all the bills banging at the front door, that I don't mind the fact the kids haven't done all their chores. This is what my podcast is about. Interviewing people who are so wild out, so interesting, so crunk, so cool, that for a little minute, I damn near forget I have a chronic illness. Rock with me every week and see who I'm talking about. All right, yeah, Queen, look, a thousand thank yous for rocking with me. I got this thing going on this, um, it's now just called the Kendrick Avant Interviews. I used to call it All Things One Love, I called it Disabled, but I switched up a few times and man, I'm at the point now, Queen, where I just don't, um, I'm no longer trying to hide or switch shit up or code switch or code talk right. any damn more. I'm just going to be me. And that's, that's, that's it. The that's smoke, the, best the talk. Thing to do because you yourself me. is so authentic. Appreciate I mean, that. who wouldn't want yeah, to be a part that. of this? So yeah, of course, anything I could do to help support, you know, any, look, I'm here. I'm here for it. Yeah, man. Yo, you know what? I had to bring you on too because I want to talk this week on, on on my podcast about about people who do the work from home, about anybody who has to do any type of customer service, any type of any type of telephone sales, the environment, all the pressure and stress they put on you. And man, when I started this thing up, it was me and you, and it's like it was, it was it was maybe five or six of us at first. But I mean, mm-hmm. just from the talking and everything from day one. Day one, I knew like, yeah, I can fuck with her. Yeah, I can yeah. fuck with her. That's the homegirl right there. And yeah. I knew I wasn't going to ever let your ass go. No, we keep in touch. We might go a few days, a few weeks without it. But I'm like, hey, bro, what's up? You good? Yep. Everything all right? Yep. I, I definitely, right there. <laughs> yeah, I say you stuck with me now. You're you yeah. stuck with me. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, man, I really believe that. I, I, um. I've gotten so far into this whole self-help shit and looking at stuff from another perspective. I really believe that type of stuff where you have met people before in a previous life and you just, and you feel the energy just like, yeah, yeah, yeah I know this motherfucker. Like, I know this, like, I know, like some of the life we were either brothers and sisters, warriors, I don't know what the hell we did. Yeah, we life. had to you be. Know, yeah, we, we are way to, to align. Wait, so we will have the same thought. And, and yep. we in different states. <laughs> we'll yep. type it out. It was like, oh, just gonna say that. Just like that. Just like doing all the things by uh, all the things about by, by Microsoft Teams. Like every time I'm gonna say something, she's already she already got the same thought out. You see me with yep. the text. Man, if you do it, I was thinking that same shit. Hell yeah. Yeah. Man, Queen, I was having a good time. We're having a good ass time talking. Let me be quiet and allow you to introduce yourself to my audience. Just tell them your name, who you are. Where are you at? Anything that you want to share? Okay, no problem. Hello, listeners. My name is Deshante. Um, I am 29 years old. I live in South Florida. 
Um, just don't assume I'm rich because I live in South Florida and rent is super expensive. <laughs> but um, I manage. I have a daughter. She is Emily. She's seven years old. Um, me and her father are separated, pending divorce because the whole COVID situation. We did like pause everything for a while, but it's Man. starting right back up. Um, no, no, no. Some things are good. Some I, look. I have grown so much better with the separation than we would have did together. So I'm grateful for that. Um, yeah, that's that's basically I work from home. Um, I'm a Medicare consultant. So if you are a Medicare recipient, you're probably speaking to someone like me. And I'm talking about can you answer an ad on Facebook. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. um other than that, I mean that's that's it. Like food, drink. I'm trying. I'm getting ready to start traveling more. Um, yeah, that's that's basically me. <laughs> Yo, I love that. I got a couple of questions to start off before we even. I always send people a six pack of questions and everything. That way we know how to mm-hmm. how the interview goes, and we can just spin off into any direction. Right. But from your intro, because I've already had a couple of queens that are going through things right now, and they are just, they are considering divorce is there anything that you know like in your heart that you can just say look i knew it was time when i started feeling x or i knew it was time to go when x happened was there anything specific or anything like that that you know like that was the time like you know what no more waffling i'm out this shit yeah so you get to a point where your partner isn't He's st- the your partner's stagnant. No growth, no decline, just just stagnant. And that's what that's an okay space to be in. But when you're propelling or you're trying to grow and you're trying to better yourself, and they rather do something that doesn't even help them mentally, physically, emotionally, growth-wise, they're you know, and it's okay because we all have yep. those periods of rest, but sometimes like okay so let me just i was trying to be like oh well let me just give like a broad scenario i'm just gonna lay my situation out i was working at a casino doing 16 hour shifts for probably like two weeks back to back less than eight hours off the clock less than that sleeping because i had a daughter you know we shared together he was using the money spending it on weed which isn't a problem but it becomes an addiction once you prioritize getting high versus cleaning up washing yourself yeah uh feeding your daughter paying bills so we were going through an eviction so my whole goal was okay we'll stay here until we get evicted and then i'll just get an apartment in my name so i was ramping up to make sure i had my taste of match down here you need to make two times the rent so that was already difficult so i was already you know struggling like that and he has family members who isn't used to living on their own. Like they all live together in Mm -hmm. like little hubs, which is fine, you know, it's hard out here. I do not take that down from nobody, but that's all they want to do. None of them want to to like branch off. None of them want to grow individually. They they just want to live off each other, which is not a problem. The issue was when his sister and her kids, three kids and her dog, and her dad moved in with us in a one-bedroom apartment. Ooh. That's a mm. whole lot to take on on top yeah. of that. Yeah. You know? 
And the reason why they were in this situation was because he had an apartment for them, his sister and his grandma, which is fine. But I told him to take his name off the apartment. He didn't listen. That's something, you know, he never listened to what mm-hmm. I have to say. Um, but so when they got evicted for non-payment, they just like, we don't want you. Even if they had the money, they were like, no, we, we just want our space back. We'll just keep tenants back and pay regularly. They went through the eviction process about three times since they were there. It's probably in less than a year span for non-payment. And this is before COVID. So it wasn't like, you know, the eviction protection was in place. It was nothing, nothing like that. And um, so they already have toxic ways. All of them. Everybody does. I'm probably very toxic myself. Um, but when you wake up and your first thought is to drink, get high before you brush your teeth, before you get the crust out your before you use the bathroom in the morning. And that's like a bodily function. You got to pee when you wake up. Your yeah. first intuition is to spark up. That's a problem. Okay. Yeah. And they got evicted in his name because that was his apartment. Mind you, he already has an eviction going through on the apartment that we currently have because of his Ooh, that's two of them, so, this will be his third one so Ooh. basically all of their toxic traits just mingled together and I started doing my own thing which is like working more hours it got to the point where I was staying some nights like hey is Emily taking care of is Emily okay is she you know and then I would just stay at work I was mm-hmm. working non-stop I basically lived a job 16 hours was the most we could work at the casino all of that but I was in the break room sleeping because we had like those little spaces for people who work at three in the morning like myself so yeah and once his sister started to influence his decision that was like strike one well strike two for me that was strike mm-hmm. two um strike three was when he decided to put his hands on me. oh and no. gratefully that my daughter wasn't there when that happened um but he allowed his sister to also put her her hands on me and that's wow. when I made up my mind that was when the decision was final to me because even though my daughter wasn't there when it happened I it still happened in front of her kids her three youngest kids so I was like you know what this is somebody in his life that he cannot cut out or he won't cut out this yep. is somebody in his life that he willingly chooses to be tethered to I'm going to remove myself from the situation and see what happens. So in that span, um, I left with nothing to my name, no car, because we had a shared car, but his sister was, so I left no car, just a job that paid like $11 an hour, and that was it to my name. Two years well, you later- you did the whole Tina Turner thing then. You did like Tina ba- Turner and just say, you know what, fucking I'm out. Um, that's what I had to do because he was starting to affect me. He was starting to influence me and being with him was it wasn't always like that now we've had like little fight stuff before but it never got to the point where he was holding me down while his sister was attacking me that's kind of was my last straw and and we've already went to court everything's been settled they took a plea deal everything's handled because i pressed charges and i kept those charges until the very week of trial and you know things they took a plea deal they had probation everything's coming to like a close now which didn't really help because we have a daughter so my restraining order basically means nothing to the judge when I didn't want any contact and I wanted everything to yep. go through like a third party yep. but um we we've definitely gotten to a better place now as co-parenters than we were in like a romantic relationship 
I okay. have grown more on my own than I would have with him. Because at, at this moment, he doesn't have his own place, which is going to be hard for him to get because of the three evictions on this thing. He doesn't have, um, I mean, he does have a job. He, he works. He does pay child support, which is only enough for daycare. I still pay for clothes, food, everything. I don't get food, um, like food assistance or anything like that. Um, yeah. Like, I do everything for our daughter as much as possible. She has to get braces. That's coming out of my pocket, not his. So I don't want to, oh, you're such, you know, you're depending on stamps. That's not the situation here. Um, but yeah, once I realized that I can grow more on my own and benefit not just myself, but my daughter as well on my own, then together with him, that's when I was like, yeah, it's official. I need to, I need to move on. Yeah, that right there. That, yeah, that right there is good shit. That right there is good shit. Man, Queen, check this out. So when, as this is all going on, and I, I don't mean to make this sound like I'm only hearing you about- Oh, about no, please. Oh, come on. You know I'm not like yeah. that. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so you're going through this, and it's at this point where everything is now going, is like going through the court system. You're struggling, trying to get, you're struggling. There was some time when you may have struggled with the finances and everything. Oh, what yeah. do you do? to keep your mindset together. Cause I got a sister that goes through this. I got, I know I got so many students that go through this. What are some tricks and things that you do to keep your mind together when you know this regular ass dude is not doing his part. Everything is on you. It's so many queens that are going through this. How are we, what are you, what are some things that you do to keep your feet just moving forward? So I'm a type of person, I am like my dad in a sense where I bury myself in work. So once I, once we separated, it was like, bam, the pandemic hit. <laughs> I got three jobs, was working three jobs physically back and forth, just doing that. I will drive myself from work as long as I know my daughter is being taken care of. Um, I do have some toxic traits and I have some positive traits. I feel like working is positive, but the amount of work that I will take on by myself is toxic because I didn't allow myself rest or growth or anything. I have to keep moving. I have to keep my brain turning. Um, but I feel like my positive point was the fact that I'm resourceful, that I won't just take whatever I'm getting lying down. I never have. They call it like a rebellious teenager phase, but I feel like at that point in your life, you're like, no, I'm not going to take, um, mistreatment. I'm not going to take, um, disrespect. I'm not going to take any type of verbal abuse, just lying down at face value. Yep. Yep. And once I realize that, I do what I can to make my, you know, to get out of the situation. In most cases, yep. it's financially wise. Um, but that's the way I feel. But hold up, hold up. But that's the way I feel. What you doing being stuck in one place with no movement? I do have another toxic trick. I have anxiety or um, I have anxiety and I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was younger. Um, of course, <laughs> you, we have these households where it's like, oh, you're not really, you know, this. So they just try to um, beat it out to you. And then you just find other ways to cope. So my other way of coping was like picking, like either my eyebrows or like uh, my skin or like, the hairs on my skin, okay. something like that. Keep my fingers moving kind of. Um, but now yeah. I'm taking up painting, <laughs> drawing, sketching. They're all horrible, but it keeps my, you know, it keeps my hands moving so I'm not turning towards myself. I'm also yep. learning to clear out my thoughts, which I feel like a Ooh. lot of people do with music. 
So yeah. I would just get so lost in, you know, the alternative, like the heavy stuff, like that screaming and the, the loud drums and the car, just because, and even though it's loud through my ears, yeah, but I'm not thinking of, you know, my thoughts. I'm not thinking of like, you know, this really hurt me or this really affected me. Um, another thing which helps is reading. I get lost in fairy tales and whirlwind romances and mafia bosses mm -hmm. because it's something that I don't have to think about. Um, and that have always been like that. I've written many stories on Wetpad when I was younger in high school. So, you know, I just get lost back in that community. Anything that's not me having to spend as much money since most of my issues were financial turmoil. So, yeah, yeah I mean, now I have started practicing meditation. So when I feel like my feelings are hurt or I feel like, oh, I'm going to yell, I'm going to scream, I just, you know, take myself away from the situation, come in my room, meditate for a few minutes, find that center ground, and then go back out and try to handle the situation in a different perspective than I would have originally. Yeah, I love that. You know, I love that meditation one. I super love that music look, one. Me and my Man. daughter, since you showed us, we have, look, she gets an attitude, go meditate. Go, go That's meditate. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking You got me crunk and say I'm talking about telling that story. She, look, I do my nine-year-old that way. Yeah, look, and this is the thing, because I didn't realize how traumatic, you, you, didn't, you never realized how traumatic your childhood is until you're older and you have kids of your own or yep. you hear situations similar, like, oh my gosh, you had to go through that. And then it clicks that you're going through that or you went through that. And I think what really clicked to me is before I came to you with the meditation was like, I was listening to some audio on TikTok where the girl was sitting down and her brother or her sibling, or in that case, was like getting a beating and you heard, I hate you, I leave this place. And I just broke down crying and I had no idea why. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want my child to have to go through that. Granted, she's a single child. She will be, I'm not, I'm done with kids or having more kids, you know, but um, I, I don't want her to go through that. And I don't want her to know that it's okay for, you know, like violence. Granted, I will spare the rod. If it's something that's bad enough, yeah, of course, I'm not a, I'm not a saint. But the meditation has definitely helped us communicate more. It's definitely helped us stop acting off of um, emotion and started logically, you know? So I am in yep. love with meditating. I will tell her to sit down and meditate for five minutes. Then we come back and we're like, okay, so what did your anger tell you? What was it trying to tell you? Because I don't want her to think that her- Yes. Emotions are invalid because that's what I've been told. My whole, you shouldn't be mad. You shouldn't be angry. You don't have a right to dictate what emotion I'm having. Mm -hmm. You don't get to validate it or invalidate it. You can only address it head on. So when I when she calms down, ask her, what was your anger trying to tell you? What is something you want to communicate with me? And I'm not a teacher. I'm still learning a lot of this. But I will ask her occasionally, like, hey, is there anything that you would like more of? Is there anything that you would like me to do more with you or less with you? Or do you think I should have handled something better? Not that I'm going to listen to her wholeheartedly, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to follow your instruction to a T. But it does help me get what's going on in her mind, what she thinks of certain situations. I get so. everything you're saying with that one. Yeah. Oh, man. Hell yeah. Especially that part about the, um, you opened up talking about the parenting and everything. I read this quote. Ooh. I read this quote that said, 
every generation, every single parent fucks up. They didn't, they didn't say the word fucks, but it said every parent fucks up because they're trying to prepare their kid for a world that no longer exists. And I thought about this, I was like, I'd be damn, that shit is real as hell. Every single time yeah. you have a kid, you're trying to be, you're trying to prep your kid for all the shit that you went through and stopping the shit that you didn't have, all that type of stuff. And it's like, yo, the world didn't even like that no more though. All the shit that yeah. we, everything that we that we, we were swinging and banging with in the late nineties, early two thousands. Well, I guess for you it would be the late two late two thousands. <laughs> Early like that, it's like, well, yeah, look, the world I grew up at so uh, twenty twenty one. That's when I grew up. I didn't no longer had a childhood at that point on. So yeah. I understand. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's how that shit goes. I'm I'm with you a thousand percent on that. And I love how you are addressing the trauma in your own life by taking those meditative steps and putting that shit into action. Because I tell I've I've taught that stuff to a bunch of parents, and I check back with them, mm -hmm. and I can always tell the ones who are still doing it by how they talk about the relationships are and what they're doing with their kid afterwards. And the ones who aren't doing it, you can always tell because they just say shit like that, yep, still hard-headed, still hard, still don't listen, still don't listen. I'm like, yo, but people be doing this shit with them. Like, you just can't be, you right. telling the kid with you, you can't just go, exactly. this shit with them. Yep. This shit is all about exactly. that bond because a bunch of us, especially black kids, we Ooh, grow up all the time with our parents telling us what to do, what not to do. Like, that's it. There is no, there, there is no sitting you down. I mean, I love my parents to death. Both of them were, mm -hmm. like, both of them were teachers and everything. So I love my parents to death. But yo, man, there was never a time where my parents sat me down. Kendrick, what do you want to do? Kendrick, how did that make you feel? I didn't have any of that shit. Like, I grew up the whole time thinking I'm just supposed to hold shit in and just tell everybody else what to do. And that's right. not the way it's supposed to be. It's not the way it's supposed to be at all. Oh, man, you hit the nail on the head with that shit. That's yeah. real. That's it. Look, it is, and you have to stop me from starting to trauma dump. I don't want trauma dump on here. But once you recognize, because I believe in generational curses, yeah. I really do. And I strongly believe that once you are willing to open up yourself to the general curses that came before you or that was put with so, because they, you're cursed before you're born, unfortunately. You're coming in this family, you're coming into this world, with this family who already has their toxicity yep. out on display, basically. And which is why I was so thankful that my birth father and my birth mother gave me up and his grandparents adopted me because I got to see love. I got to see affection. I got, I got basically the perfect childhood. I was that spoiled black kid with a pony. <laughs> like, I got everything under the sun I wanted. And yeah, there were some bad parts, but they didn't know. They they couldn't, They like I said, these are my great grandparents. They come from a much different time frame than what I was prepared for or what I was growing up in. And I got to basically a perfect example of a two-parent household, functioning family. I, I got to experience that. I got right. that firsthand without you know the baggage of my family or my generational curses because I was a kid I didn't understand it it didn't exist because I'm taken away from my like direct I want to say my direct descendants but I was taken away from you know my like it was like a pause like oh okay we won't affect you now we'll come back when you come back to reality because basically but by the time I was like my earliest memories until I was eight or nine was basically like perfect picture perfect it was wonderful and then the reality hit 
and then I came to Florida. Okay, and that's so. when everything, everything changed. I grew up in the south of South Carolina, a small town called Blessing. You will pass it if you're not looking for it. And I swear, there was only one other black kid in my entire school, entire school. And this was a school in the south. So it was like from kindergarten all the way to like seventh or eighth grade. That, mm. that was the entirety of the school, right? And I remember, and the reason why I know that it was only me and this other you know, African-American female girls that with, was because her uncle came to pick her up and they pushed me in the car. And I didn't even realize that we weren't related until I got in the car. I was like, wait a minute, this car isn't my, you know, like my uncle doesn't have a red, <laughs> a red truck. So I'm like, oh yeah, you're not my, you're not my family. He's like, oh, you, you know, like, let's just go back. And it was like, wrong person. I'm like, oh, we're sorry. We just assumed. That's what they, they just assume. And granted, I did go to the Boys and Girls Club. And the Boys and Girls Club dealt with like different schools and different. So, you know, everybody was there. Mm-hmm. And that's when I got close to Blackness. But even then, it was still very, you know, I was in gymnastics, tennis, golf, dance. I was in everything they could put me in, swimming, it, everything they could put me in. I was there. <laughs> active, busy, all, all the, the, what they call the, the active, vibrant life for a child. Old man told me not come to sleep but a dream. So when you see that paint gleam, then know I'm living my dream. Right. Oh, and then riding horses, yeah, you were, yeah, you, yeah, you ain't lying. You, you, you were living the life. It's amazing to even know to at this point now be able to remember and know that that's when it was good, and to have some type of recognition of when of when the next step of trauma began. That way, you can do right. something about it. And I, right. like I was saying earlier, it's it's. It's cool as hell. Yeah, to know, it is. Talk about the trauma. It is healing, and you are actually taking those steps to do something different. Teaching your kid meditating, meditating with your kid, knowing your kids look like all that type of stuff that, that like you're doing. Man, that is super mommy type of shit. All the <laughs> way, I bow down to you all the way. All right, so check this out then. With after the the pandemic is. I don't know if it's coming back or not. I feel like it's coming back because of what's going on in China right now. Right, like I see, they like, say oh, coming and everything. <laughs> yeah, with the food shortages and all that kind of stuff, this pandemic's supposed to be coming back. What are your thoughts on what you're gonna do with the schooling and everything? With schooling, with the pandemic, are y'all changing the diets? Has it impacted y'all in any kind of way yet? What I mean by that is this, like such as. It didn't really hit us. Any of this stuff, we see all the news, all the food shortages and everything, didn't really hit us until this weekend. My mama's birthday was on Saturday and we're trying to go to the store and go to Kroger's and get the foods and everything. We realized like, oh shit, there is nothing in here. This is yeah. kind of wild out. Wow, these show, I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like the last day of, of, of Thanksgiving shopping. There is nothing mm-hmm. food stuff in here. Oh, it's the hour before dinner. People done forgot everything, ran to the store and got it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. exactly how it is. Yeah. And then with the schooling, we only let our kids come back to physical school because I had a, I had a son in high school and he was just taking him and not letting him play any type of sports and just putting him in these, these remote karate classes. He, he hated it. <laughs> He hated it that whole year and a half. He didn't like any of us. So we let them go back this year, 2021. And um, man, 
if it ends up shutting down stuff again, yo, that's it. I'm not, uh, I, I am done with schooling all the way. How do you and M, what are your thoughts on schooling and stuff like that with this pandemic? Okay, so this is hard because when the pandemic first hit, she was going to daycare and we didn't even know. It was like the middle of the week. She had a field trip set up. It's like, oh, we canceled the field trip. Oh, and there won't be no school tomorrow. So we're like, uh, okay, we'll just be back in two weeks. Never opened up. Even at, you know, even now, never opened back up. Um, and then it was like, okay, well, she was in like Head Start. Then when, you know, last year, last school year was kindergarten. Kindergarten is such a fundamental age or stage because this is when they're learning how to read. This is mm -hmm. when they are, and I came to you with this too, like she was having problems with connection and it was hurtful because I was so busy with work and cooking and feeding. Like I said, I'm, I'm a single mom. So um, it, it was hard for me to help her with that aspect. So what I would try to do is get her dad on the phone, have them FaceTime and have him help her. Um, but that didn't always work out the way I wanted it to, where he would just try to help her pronounce it. Because once you learn how to read, you forget how you were taught to read. So we yep. were just, you know, it was an easy process. And I'm not going to say that I'm the most patient. I am not. I have very little patience. And um, I won't give up on her. I, I will fight with her for as long as I can. But it's hard when you have dinner cooking. It's hard when you're trying to clock in these extra hours. And at that point, I was working at two jobs, just two. Um, so she she missed a lot of fundamentals just through the computer. That did not help her as much as mm -hmm. probably being in classroom would have. But then being in classroom wouldn't have helped her too much either because of the math recommendation. So even though they were in the class at, here in Broward County, they were still going to their classroom six feet apart. They still had to have their mask on at their desk. So they weren't, you know, taking it off at any point in the space. They were still wearing it all the time. Only at home, virtually, were they able to not have a mask on. So that was hard. This year, um, she's in first grade. And though we did struggle in the beginning, she is catching up to her reading group. Um, so I'm very happy with her. She does take extra, like, classes or, you know, tutoring at the school, which does help her. And she's coming home with books almost every day now. <laughs> so I'm really grateful for that and you know beginning of the school year there was a time where um somebody in her school or her class caught COVID and they shut it down for two weeks and we had to prove like a negative test to get her back to school mm. which she passed in flying colors um and there hasn't been another shutdown since however they are listing like mask mandates and um they are like you know having them vaccine at home on me at school which I it's it's hard for me to you know vaccinate um but we've been good about our keeping our masks on we've been good about maintaining our distance we've been good about sanitizing our hands like we've still like even though like you can go to Walmart without a mask I still wear my mask and people look at me like I'm crazy and I'm in South Florida there's a lot of Republicans around me well, not to get in like political parties, but there's a lot of people around. And they're like, yep. you don't have to wear your mask. And I'm like, but I'm wearing it. And if you touch yep. me, I'm going to touch you. And you ain't going to like the touch I give you. So let's mind our business. You know, mind the business yep. that pays us. And let's go on about our way. I won't, you're not somebody insignificant 
to me, right? But my daughter is significant to me. And if me wearing a mask keeps her safe, then that's what I'm going to do. If you don't like it, then turn your head. Nothing I can do about it. However, if we do go into another shutdown, that is going to be a little bit more challenging because, like I said, she's trying to catch up from the lack where she has from kindergarten. It's not the teacher's fault. It's hard for kids to focus that long in front of a computer screen. It's mm-hmm. even TV. The girl could be watching TV and then 10 minutes later, she's playing with crowns or something. Like she's, It's hard for anybody to stay focused that long on anything, um, especially now in this generation. So if they do shut down again, we'll just do what we have to do. I'll just try to keep up. Her teacher, who is Black, um, is very good about making sure that Emily gets caught up. And I'm so thankful for her. Um, she does like these little groups these little classes on the side just to get her, you know, ready for second grade. Um, she comes home with extra packet materials. I love it. I, I love her teachers. Um, but another thing is like food. See, now chicken wings are about $20 here. And I do not appreciate that. I do not appreciate that at all. And once chicken wings starts to get like, you know, in that category of like, oh, lobster and shrimp's expensive. That's that's when something needs to be done, because usually we keep everything frozen. Like I buy fresh produce, I separate it, and then I just put it in Ziploc bags because I'm not gonna take out the whole pack to defrost like half or less than half with because it's only me and her. Um, but once we started going out of that, and then I start to taste like my usual, you know, order probably like once every two months, and the price for my last order was two hundred and some change. And the new price is almost close to four hundred dollars. I said, "Oh no, yeah, this, this, this." It wasn't exactly four hundred. It was like three eighty. That's close enough. If you once you get enough. over about three twenty to me, I call it four hundred. <laughs> like, I don't even and, play like, like my wife. Will. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that shit. I'll round up quick. It. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous, but at the same time, um, that's kind of my fault because I got complacent so i was taught we live in south florida you will get used to like real floridians keeping certain items stocked up in their house like my Mm -hmm. dad right now i can guarantee you he has at least 20 cases of water he will never even throughout the whole entire pandemic he's had like two big industrial size boxes of toilet paper toilet tissue like necessities you know what i mean because Mm -hmm. we are so used to having hurricanes so we stay in that mindset of being prepared. Well, hold up, hold up, but that's the way I feel. I got a beast mentality, dog, I eat it to a fool. Right now I'm in grind mode, so now I'll pass me a red pool. Yeah. I was like, well, it's not hurricane season, or, you know, I don't feel like doing it this day. So we use what we have until it's gone. I went from having like five or 10 cases of water to zero. I have literally no cases of water which is a sign for me to go to the store. Um, and I try yep. to get like certain things in bulk. Like I have a lot of things in bulk in my house, even though it's just the two of us. Occasionally three, because I have like a friend or my cousin that comes over and they, you know, my house is open, but it's, look, as long as you're not a negative person, I don't I don't mind. Um, but like, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's hard. It's, it's gonna be hard because despite me having to pay for like food, which is not a problem, I will feed my daughter. It's the vegetables. 
it's the fresh stuff that I'm noticing is being really expensive. Like the fresh squash, zucchini, cucumbers, yeah. lettuce, yeah. spinach. It's the fresh stuff, the healthy yep. things that are getting super expensive now. To the point where I was buying them frozen, like flash frozen, um, just so we can still have access to it. But of course, the nutritional value does diminish a little, yeah. not a lot, but it does diminish a little. And the texture changes. Yep. But you got to do what you got to do. Because she can't live off McDonald's. That's what her dad does. But she can't. She has, I have to introduce her to different food groups. I have to widen her palate because... Not and I'm not throwing her dad under the bus. Me and him are friends, but he don't eat lettuce. He don't eat watermelon. He don't eat any type of salad, anything. So like tomatoes, oh. onions. He 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 he's very picky. He doesn't eat chicken with the bone in it. So he only eats chicken breast. Or if he God, gets like a drumstick, he picks the meat off the bone. Like he is super picky. Oh, so he he don't even eat pork chops with the bone in it. So he has to get like the, oh, the pork oh. in the line. So he's super picky. You know, and I don't want her to go in with that type of palate. No, my thing is, you know, if you can afford to live that life, go ahead. Just, you know, I don't eat like that. I didn't have the luxury of picking and choosing when I was growing up. It's either you ate or you didn't. And yep. after a few nights where you didn't, you'll eat anything. <laughs> so yep. we're not going to do this It's here. like my mama. If you're hungry, you'll eat it. Mama, I'm hungry. hungry you eat it. If you're hungry, you'll eat it. Damn. And then if you refuse it, it's peas and rice. And it's not even yep. flavorful peas, right? It's just we like, had beans. We had beans and no rice. But that's what they were. Beans. Oh, see, no. We, at least we had some rice. And I love rice to this day. <laughs> I love rice. Like, I would just eat right rice. Not, you know, like we're lacking anything. Like, if I cook the beginner and it's rice left over, I'm going to eat it. It's not going to go to waste. Same thing with plain pasta. This girl will love pasta. She loves pesto. Her dad won't touch it. So I feel like I'm doing a good job of introducing her to different foods and, you know, value and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's just keeping it up now is so expensive. So expensive. Yeah, but I know what you're talking about with that. I do all the, um, because I do all that, I do that anti-inflammatory diet. So even now mm -hmm. I'm on day like, yeah, I'm on day like number 60. I'm on day like number 64. No milk. Oh. No sugar, no alcohol, no cheese, no Ooh. gluten. Like I'm at the point where I even um, like I don't even eat certain color apples because they have too much sugar in them. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to go that hard wow. with it. Yeah, it's it's Yo, it's. you it's said no alcohol. Better. You almost lost me there. Yeah, man. I'm having alcohol, but a glass of red wine and, and, and some good vodka. I'm on that. I've never in my life, man. One time when I. It was one time when I first started working, when we first met. Mm -hmm. I made it like 30 days in a row. 30 days? Yeah, you did. Without, I yeah, without. And, then, and once I came up, I was like, oh, hell no, nah, damn that. I'm going to drink for the rest of my life. And I, and this, at some point, this point, at some point this year, it got so bad. And I knew it back in my head, like, man, I bet if I wasn't drinking this much, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be as sick as I am. So since it was like, mm -hmm. I think the last, matter of fact, the last time I had a drink, was February 12th. And when I woke up on February 13th, Super Bowl Sunday, I said, you know what? Hell no, I ain't drinking at all today. Everybody tripping like, dog, the Super Bowl alone, you drinking? No, I ain't drinking shit. And I have stayed with it the entirety of the time. I'm saying all that to say that because of this pandemic, and like you're talking about those prices of those prices of food, 
People talk about the price of gas skyrocketing, and they in line. Gas is going way up. I don't know. They are. Girl, they, they queen, man, those fresh fruits and vegetables. Oh, shit. And don't let you bring a bushel of bananas home. It ain't going to make it but two days before it starts to turn brown and shit like that. Yeah, man. Golly. Golly. It's much, and I, I, I feel like as high as the food is going up, for some reason, some kind of way, I feel like the shelf life is even shorter. Like it was always short because it was supposed to be fresh fruits and vegetables and stuff. But now I feel like it's even shorter than it used to be. Yep. Stay on my ass with that. Yeah, no, I definitely feel the same way because why am I not able, like, oh, I'm good for potatoes. I substitute a lot of like my starch um, for potatoes. And I know potatoes are starch itself. So we don't eat just rice. Um, We don't eat a lot of rice especially now so what we do is like roasted vegetables and a protein like the chicken shrimp um you know whatever so yep. my potatoes and i do not keep them in a dark place they're in like um a bowl on my counter in the bag because the smell of potatoes like the rustic smell i can't deal with it in the, when i'm trying to cook mm-hmm. so they're still in the bag but i went maybe not even a full week where I just was like, I, you know, I'm burnt out. I don't feel like cooking. Um, there's still a lot of stuff that, you know, we frozen or what she can eat. That's fine. And I got up to cook Sunday dinner and my potatoes were like mush. And I'm just Ooh. like, what in the world is going on? Potatoes yeah. are supposed to last you. Yeah. They're supposed to These they're do not last as long as they used to. Yep. And that's with all them chemicals and stuff that they put in our food and shit like that here. Because I told you, when we went to Ecuador, I mean, we were down to Ecuador, we could get fresh fruit and vegetables for the entire six-man squad for $50. That'd be for the whole week. I mean, we got meat. The entirety of the food costs about $50 a week. We just come home and cook. Here, man, that shit ain't lasting. Like like I tell you, bananas, you are not going to leave bananas on your counter for a week because... We had them fruit flies that they, they turned brown two days later. They turned them black three days later. They've turned into water and mush and soggy bodies. Yeah, it's like, and all of the stuff is like that. Your apples, you bring, bring them a bush of apples. Two or three, a bunch of them are going to be messed up. And then the rest of them, you feel like you're picking that, like, okay, that one got a spot here. That one's soft on this side. And you're trying to save though. You damn near got to line them up in, in order to eat them. Like, okay, I, I can eat these right now. These I can wait till tomorrow. Man, that food shouldn't uh that food that food game is killing the game over here. It is fucking with us over here. You said yeah. y'all do not do beans. Y'all are big no, on we, rice. We we do we do beans. I look, I have a cabinet, I go to Sam's, I got black beans in there. Okay. I have black okay. beans, pinto beans, red beans, kidney beans. Now the only thing that I won't or I haven't tried to make on my own is um Black eyed peas mm. and lima beans, because mm. to me those have such a distinguished like taste. Yeah, um, that's just like something that my grandparents used to feed me so much that if yeah. I make it and it'll come out right, I want to throw the whole pot away. And I refuse to waste food like that, so it's like it's better for me not even to try it at this time. Um, but yeah, I, I have beans. I just the rice is very alternative, so I went from having. Like, you know how they have, like, the containers where you can just put, like, a five-gallon um, uh-huh. bag of rice in? I have a, probably, like, a two-pound bag of rice. 
Oh no, it's four pounds. It's actually four pounds because I got it from Sam's Jasmine Rice. Um, and I have not touched it in the month that it's been at home. Oh damn. Because I I I try not to feed her the same thing every time. Um, because kids get bored, they get bored. Yeah. And no lie, I do too. And she's the yeah. product of me. So I just try, you know. Now we will have some pork and beans, some pork chops. Like, look, it it has to be done for the culture. But at the same time, it's like, okay, I can't go cooking collard greens and you know, I can't do that every week. Yeah. I can't. Still can't. I've only done it like on June 19th. And you know why? <laughs> June it's 19th time to is do the it. only I treat it more like we used to treat thing um Fourth of July than okay. any other day. So we won't okay. have Fourth of July. Well, I won't really like I'll I won't do anything for Fourth of July. It's like a regular day off from God. Um, but June nineteenth to me is more of a Fourth of July type of day for me. And yep. I try to educate her about it every year, you know, more and more. Um, this year she learned about slavery. <laughs> so that was interesting to um interact with for a while. Um, but no, I I can't cook like that because it doesn't benefit us. It's not nutritional to us. It's more nostalgic than anything else. But it's still a good meal. Yo, so that's the conclusion. That is the wrap up to Deshante's part one interview. It is Tuesday. Part two will drop on Thursday afternoon. So if you're on LinkedIn, if you're on Instagram, if you're on any of those social media channels, Look out for Deshante's part two interview on Thursday afternoon. Kendrick interviews, mindset over bullshit. Come on and rock with me.